0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: Okay, so we just got back from our first in a really, really, really long time dedicated workcation, staycation, work times together. And we got so many questions about the structure of it, the purpose of it, and how we really set it up to be efficient and beneficial over on Instagram. And so I wanted to bring that conversation here because truly, like I knew it was going to be valuable, but I didn't think it was going to be as valuable as it ended up being. And I really think our listeners could could use something like this in their own business.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have always added in times to do planning sessions and think about the year and think about what we want. And while that's been helpful, I know as our business has grown, as we've added more employees, as our schedule has filled up, that sometimes making dedicated time for this, like that was the first thing that you're like, oh, I'll chop an hour off of this mm-hmm. here, or I will reduce the amount of time I'm living in this zone and really creating a dedicated time, regardless of if it's during the week or away or like in a physical other location or not, creating really hard boundaries around this. This is important because this is going to move my business forward. And this is really going to allow me to do the important work that is often not as urgent mm-hmm. and and thus tends to get pushed down the ladder over time.
1: Well, we even talk to our clients about, and we have this on our calendar, but of scheduling CEO time. And I really want to break down what do we mean by CEO time and how is it different than any other time that you spend in your business? But then the reality of the matter is, is, even if you're firm with those boundaries, which we are... That CEO time for us in the season of growth and onboarding and promotion gets moved or gets cut in half. And so us choosing to deliberately set additional time because we did it over the weekend, which you could definitely do this during the week, was really the focus and attention we needed for you and I to get back together. Because as our team has been growing, you and I just... like We still obviously talk to each other and we work on projects together, but the only way for our business to move forward in the past was when you and I would hop on a phone or hop on a zoom or go to coffee in person and just like shoot the shit for a couple hours and like ideas would come and we would outline and then we would actually like brainstorm that or map it out inside of our project management system but that hasn't been happening lately just because our roles have been shifting and so we needed to find space for it but we <laughs> We did this in addition to having CEO time. And I put this in air quotes on the calendar twice a week, because sometimes your to-do list is just calling you and that gets cut.
0: Right. And so you can have as hard of boundaries as you want around it, but sometimes it's not even that you don't have the time for it. It's even the shifting the mindset to be able to have the correct focus because even though I know we have the space for it, by the time I get to Friday, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a little zapped anyway. And could we move it around? Totally. We we just, we did an audit of our calendar at the end of last year and made some pretty big changes to our weekly schedule at the beginning of January. And so we really only sat with this new version for mm-hmm. 30 days, which really means we only are just long enough long enough into it to just now be ready to make right. changes where right. even a couple of weeks ago, you really, we just needed to do, do, not it, do it to see. <laughs> right. Totally. And so I think we'll yeah. edit again, but nonetheless, we went into this with a couple of plans. We wanted to get really clear. And what I suggest you do is identify what are your major objectives by having this dedicated time. And it needs to be, think about like high level planning, high level messaging, high level growth, and high level management, Mm -hmm. I think is kind of the buckets I would put it in. And with all of that set in place, we knew that we wanted to continue to develop our culture and our like the very specific ways in which our business operates to back up our culture Mm -hmm. standards we wanted to identify OKRs, not just goals, not just KPIs, but OKRs specifically. And we can definitely dive more into that. We wanted to identify how to better run our meetings to make sure that we're making the best use of everyone's time. And we wanted to also use this time for some high-level messaging around an upcoming promotion that we have. And I went into this with the thought there's no way we're going to make it through all of this mm-hmm. content and have actual legitimate convert not, not just have the conversation, but like take the action steps to move mm-hmm. these things forward. Cause it's one thing I think to have dedicated time to vision cast, but unless you can do the, in my opinion, the next most important next step, like it's going to yep. get stuck yep. there. So like you have to have, okay, you can't just develop your vision. How are you going to like educate your like, team on it? How are you going to message it out to them? What needs to change in
1: your systems processes or marketing because of that vision?
0: Yeah. How are you going to logistically run the thing? And for us, I think we have been really thinking about it with two kind of major outlooks for everything we're doing. It's the like, the art being the how, how we do it, the feelings behind it, the the why, the the why, Yeah, not the how. And then the architecture being more of the structure, the how, the logistics, mm-hmm. the tangible things, and almost left brain, right mm-hmm. brain for like very specific things we're working on. And you'll definitely be hearing more about all of that inside of our incubator program, But all of that to say, I was really excited for this dedicated time. And I was surprised how quickly we knocked out some really important things when we got there.
1: Yeah, well... And at least how we approach things. So if you guys find this helpful, and it is different because there are two of us. And so it is easy to bounce ideas off of another human being. If it's just you, the order of how you go through stuff and map it out might look different, but the overall structure is still here. So we met up on a Friday afternoon and we weren't going to check out until Sunday morning. And so it wasn't a ton of time, but it was enough time. Because you also have to remember that because you are thinking so high level that your brain is turned on to power 10 like the whole time. And so you're going to wear yourself out. You're going to get tired. So really understand your capacity in tackling that. But how we approached it was Friday afternoon through all evening, we didn't give ourselves any sort of you have to get this done by this time on Friday night. We just didn't. We allowed Friday to be... Let's start the conversations. Let's ask each other questions. Let's poke holes in what we've already done versus where we think we're heading. If we change this, what do we think the implications would be? How do we want this to feel? Again, a lot of leaning on the art side. So we spent basically all of Friday on the art. There were a couple of notes we took and there were a couple of like, okay, let's look at this system and see if that will help us fulfill the art side. But it was really just free thinking, vision casting, note taking, asking questions. And then Saturday, I mean, it was like in the morning, we started again, like one of those follow up conversations, but really started to make that actually come to life with the architecture. And then just went through our day of like, okay, we're gonna like alternate the times our brains are being turned on for different things. So we were like really heavy in left brain. And then we took a break to have conversations that were recorded for y'all. And then we went back to left brain activities. And we just like, I think that alternation throughout the weekend was the thing that like kept us moving forward.
0: Yeah. I think we lean into our unique ways we show up in this. Cause while Emily and I were joking about, I think we have way more in common than we don't. The way we think is Mm -hmm. different. And so I'm definitely always here to pick through how do we do it? What are the logistics? How does it work together? When is it going to break? When is it going to break because of the amount of people involved, not necessarily because the process is wrong or different. And then Emily's over here on the messaging side, the writing side, the like communication standpoint. And they're both critical. They're both important. And one informs the other. And it doesn't mean both of us don't have ideas for both sides. But over time, instead of trying to fight against it and like really push the other person to do both all the time, we've thought about how can we how can we lean on each other to make sure, you know, even in a department meeting today, Emily was talking through all the things and I was like, don't get Mm -hmm. so caught up in the, how we're going to get there. Like, I need you to think about all the things and then I will give yeah. you some structure and I still need you to yeah. implement but
1: I'll give you the structure to move it forward and so and that goes back to what we talk about all the time of enabling you to stay in your zone of genius of having your team and backup partners to help support you in the area of like I need you to just shine up as your best show up and shine as your best self over here doing this thing whatever it means and then the team or this department or me or whoever will then back you up by like plugging it into the necessary places that it belongs. hmm
0: yeah. I do want to spend some time talking about developing a team playbook. I've heard favorite. people call it
1: a I had so much company charter. Nice.
0: I've heard it called many things. But at the end of the day, the problem I'm seeing, especially in the small business world, I see it less... Well, not always less. I feel like big business tends to make a bit more of an effort in this area where a small business like focuses on the surfacey level bits of it and then gets so overwhelmed in their day to day day that they don't have time. I think
1: big business does a better job at communicating the values. I don't think they do a better job of living in their values.
0: No, no, no. Totally, totally, totally. But I feel like at least from the higher ups, you at least hear about it on the poster in the break room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And I do think there's some companies that lean into it, but long and short of it, people tend to think about mission, vision, values, and like, okay, that sounds great. That sounds important. And then they just move on. And honestly, so had I, I had moved on from it so many Mm -hmm. times. And I felt like it just, we kept getting sideswiped with you need to pay attention to this. You need to pay attention to this. You need to pay attention to this from like so many different people in different arenas. And I was like,
1: okay, Mm -hmm. but why?
0: Until I realized that it was an opportunity for us to build an ethos, like an actual ethical standard, cultural standard in which we run our company. And then all of a sudden, it gives you a backbone to teach, educate, and train other people on the way you want to show up. I and maybe maybe this is partly because when you are smaller, I I feel like uh, we're still small in the grand scheme of things. Don't get <laughs> me wrong, but when it's just a couple of people, your culture is made up more by. Your individualized personalities, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to have the company like be its own thing. Whereas I feel like Boss Project in its early days was a mirror image of Emily and I personally, Mm -hmm. right? And that's great. Like, I think your company should naturally reflect your personal values Mm -hmm. and standards. But as you have more people grow, one thing you might notice is your team doesn't always naturally think the way you Mm -hmm. would think they don't always naturally show up the way you would want them to show up and it's not even a bad thing like literally it's the it could be three different versions of all right or all good but you still prefer one version of it okay well then how do you train your team to think in the way that you feel like best represents your company It is like a whole
1: thing. (laughs) Yeah. And this, we really use the framework that our executive leader, coach, Makita, helped us think about and kind of gave us some of the outline for. But tangibly, what it really comes down to is outlining and deciding what your values are within your company. These can be public facing, internal. They can be a mix of both it's also been called your brand promise. And so a little bit of like how you're going to show up for people that you work with also. And then so we had that part, we had achieved that. And we did that like two years ago or more, more outlining kind of our values. And we shared them on our website and we would share them in webinars or whatever. But this next step that we're talking about was literally breaking down bullet points of what is it like to live in that value What is it like to not live in that value? And then reflective questions you could ask yourself to make sure that you are living in that value. And doing that, I mean, how long did you... You were formatting it as I was writing it. We got it done in like an hour, hour and a half. Like, Well, yeah. And I really think the only reason that's possible, though, is because... We
0: had spent so much time figuring out what they were in advance. I think if you aren't sure what they are, that's going to take you way longer. But like, we already knew what the value was. And we just needed a system to back ourselves Mm -hmm. up on it, if that makes sense. Because I think when I originally started writing them down, it was, you know, murmurs in a webinar, Mm -hmm. it was like something we had said in a meeting, it was. And so trying to like collect all of those thoughts in one location and narrow it down. I did a lot of research initially on what were other companies team values and why and like what drove them to utilize them and all of those things. And so I looked at as many companies as i could find that like shared these online i i looked at what they were saying and you'd be surprised how many out there are willing to not just say the external version but also share mm-hmm. the internal version i tend to always be curious what is google and apple doing just because they're they are so large and they are running so many teams and they also tend to be really research based but I also, for like how a company works, I love, there's so much background info that mm-hmm. Zappos tends to share. I don't know why. So specific, like, they're a shoe company. Like, Why would they share all this information around running teams and customer mm-hmm. support? But mm-hmm. they do. They have so much incredible information just kind well, of floating one of those out there. Is I, think think
1: is because I think that is because one of their values is being humble. And I find that so interesting because I think, and again, this goes back to being clear on how you perceive that value and how you want your team yeah. to showcase that. Because being humble could mean 75 different things to each different person. For Zappos, being humble means like sharing some of this and like being transparent and being open and like, here are the things that we've learned and the decisions that we do because of the things that are happening inside. And so, I think that that's really cool that that is one of their values, but that's also how they show up in that. value.
0: Right. Right. So I definitely think if you're at the very surface and just trying to identify what they are, I would, I would start with a list of your own personal Mm -hmm. values. Like how do you show up in the world? And then if you were to give your company or brand a personality, like their own persona, What about it is the same? What about it is Mm -hmm. different? And then go out and just—I think this is a huge opportunity to observe and to learn. And and so that's what I did. And when we came to this, we already had you know a two-sentence version for each of the values and what the value was. But the values were basically agreed upon over the last Mm -hmm. six years because they were all things we had already Mm -hmm. said, you know, and so. Now it was just a matter of fleshing it out in a way that not only makes it easier to teach your team, but also hold them to a standard. And it's fascinating and it, it's it's really exciting because I'm I'm already seeing the results of Us just continuing to like not just say it once, but like say it again and again and again. So, like, one of our values is service minded. And part of showing up service minded is going above and beyond for anyone in our audience if they ask for help, including but not limited to like finding resources that our company didn't even develop because it's an answer to their question. And literally just charging our team. With that information, the way they show up yeah. for people is like, mm-hmm. oh, it makes my heart sing because I don't always right. have time,
1: but that's how I want well, to show and up. And it also, and it's so again, I think this is also the art and architecture of each value. So like that's a lo- logistically how they show up in that value. So they're finding links, they're answering questions, they're going above and beyond to like close the loop, is what we call it, like close the loop on that feedback, so that person has all the tools that they need to get that question answered, but. The a little bit more art version of that, and this was outlined in it specifically, is not Like being annoyed or frustrated that we get questions because that's also super easy from a team our size of the amount of emails that we get, the amount of comments, DMs, messages. like It's coming at us from all angles. And I think it could be super easy to just be like, oh, this is a dumb question or I've answered this 75 times or whatever. And instead, our team is not only empowered to still close the loop and get excited about serving those people, but we also come back to the table and say, hey, I've been answering this exact question like so many times what's a cool resource we could create to make my part of this job even easier
0: oh yeah and and because we've seen the people it wouldn't say get frustrated but because it's popped up it's actually driving change within the company behind the scenes so that we can better serve our people not just Not just on the front end from a marketing standpoint, like not just better blogs and podcasts, but also internally developing better curriculum or even kind of bonuses that that maybe weren't part of the original roadmap, but now they've popped up as a need, and so we are going to do everything we can to serve that. And you know, I've seen people in the past put up really hard lines about, well if I want to do this, then I, I have to kind of set the boundaries around what I'm willing to share. So like, for instance, we have, you know, a program that covers a lot. And we could be really like, line in, like hard line in the sand of, you know, if it's about this subject, we literally won't answer your mm. question. And instead, we may not develop curriculum about it, but that doesn't mean we won't get you the resources you need. Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that helped me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. And so I love that. But but nonetheless, but that's I think our values as educators, right? Like- <laughs> right. Nonetheless, I think you taking the time to develop this framework, especially as you grow, is so critical as you yeah. build a team.
1: Um, well, and, and I think it's I- important as the founder and the CEO for you to identify the values And if you have an existing team or as your team grows, they can aid in the conversation of what does it mean to live in that value and not live in that value. But I do think it's important that the values actually start with you. Right. Which definitely leads me
0: into my next conversation about why goals are still important to us and tracking them against a KPI is still important to us but why we are testing an OKR structure. Well,
1: I, I mean, at least under, in my viewpoint of this, these, the OKRs in general, which we'll talk about what they are, but it really came in handy as our department started to grow. And as we were really trying to transition outcomes and results of outcomes to departments and really trying to figure out the dance of figuring out what our overall goal is as an entire company okay, now how can, if we have an amazing team and we have these amazing departments that are focused and staying in their zone of genius, how can they own the steps that are gonna help us reach that goal? And we had learned about OKRs through our executive leader. We do- You dove into it a lot more and we recently both got a book about it that we're gonna dive into because I think it is a little bit of a learning curve, like of understanding what's actually gonna be effective and what's gonna be helpful for your team. But it really gives a tangible and like shorter look at where you're headed. But basically, it takes what we've taught about goals and achieving them and just it's talked about in a different way. But it's what we've done for years of the whole concept of working backwards of understanding what is the end result that you want? Okay, what are the projects and tasks that need to happen so that you wake up at the end of that timeframe? And the thing that you said you wanted to reach is happening because you did the actions that were going to take you there.
0: Yeah, and for us, we've we've talked about these as two-week sprints towards a goal or Oversized something along those goals. lines. <laughs> Project <laughs> Exactly. It's the way we've talked about it is always the same, but at the end of the day, what we didn't realize we were doing was describing a system that's been developed by Google, to my knowledge, at least the the guy who kind of wrote the framework Mm -hmm. was there. But essentially, OKRs are objective and key results, versus KPIs are key performance indicators. Indicators. And so if you think about what is the difference between a goal, an OKR, and a KPI, a goal is like a loosely defined, I want to get here by a thing. We've talked about goals by using smart basically like, is it specific? Is it realistic? Measurable, Measurable, Mm -hmm. all the things, right? And you're working towards it fitting all those qualifications. The problem with SMART goals as you grow is SMART goals typically are only, they're time bound and they're quantifiable. Mm -hmm. And so when it was just Emily and I, and we didn't have the Mm -hmm. headspace Mm -hmm. to like, think about, I mean, we were thinking about all the things, but like, you can only drive to so many things over time. And because of that, we typically put a number and a timeline on it because then we would still work to do the other stuff that Mm -hmm. was informing it. But as we grow, there are people in certain departments where tracking against a number is not realistic to the specific job. And so we could, I mean, there's definitely numbers. Don't get me wrong. Like you can give a measurable data point to every mm-hmm. department. It, they're different. But OKRs allow you to strive towards something that could be a bit more objective, which I think is probably why we've leaned away from them, because in the past, I've been the one who's driven the the car on tracking And I naturally lean towards something that's measurable Mm -hmm. in a quantifiable Mm -hmm. way. And as that becomes looser, this is just, this is marrying both Mm -hmm. worlds. This is giving you an opportunity to have really measurable things, but also have things that are a bit harder to identify, but not that you can't track against them. And so we have a company objective and then departments each have their own objective that informs the company objective with their own kind of key results they're tracking against to get there and we're just at the beginning stages of moving towards this but as we went into you know we're already part of the way through q1 we've been talking about numbers the whole time but we really just drove down into three main company objectives but really one of them being the shining mm-hmm. star is the actually important mm-hmm. one. We're going to go ahead and track against the others, but the one, if it happens and in both our minds, we've met the objectives of the company for the quarter. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think the reason I'm, I opened up the book here to try to get some language, but they're focusing here on four superpowers that OKRs really give you and your team. And the one I really think is the most critical, and this is what I see you know, service providers and consultants who have a team, small or big, it doesn't matter. And you're sitting there in the CEO seat wondering why you're still the only reason for your company's growth. Because I've sat in that seat and asked that same question before. And yeah. building out your team, building out your department is is your departments are, is one step of that. But this, the superpower, one of the superpowers that OKR is given is a track for accountability. So OKRs are driven by data but they're animated by periodic check-ins, objective grading and continuous assessment, all in the spirit of no judgment accountability. So the really cool part of how we're doing it and how I think OKRs are meant to to be used is that, you know, the founders or CEO or executive level leadership can define what the single or very handful of outcomes are. And then you give that outcome to departments who then can So the key results of our outcome as a company outline the objectives for each department who then get to decide their own key results that are going to help them reach that objective. So like, okay, if marketing department is tasked with increasing revenue by this amount of money or closing this many deals or increasing your conversion rate by this percent, whatever it might be, then they are empowered to decide, okay, well, what do I think it's going to take for us to actually achieve that? And it's part doing stuff that's already worked and just doing it better and being faster at it or training the right person or creating a system around it or whatever, or integrating and trying new ideas and testing things and getting to experiment to see if it impacts that goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, this is a critical piece. So I'm in a room. I'm not going to say what room, because you guys don't deserve this information. Wow, <laughs> wow. Because it's confidential. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So I'm in a room with multiple CEOs with many, like several of them running multi-million dollar companies. I'm in a couple of rooms like this right now. And it is mind boggling. So I don't want you to feel alone. Okay. So this is me trying to like let you in on the secret. Nobody Mm -mm. has it figured out. Mm -mm. (laughs) Okay. And so there are CEOs that are running extremely successful companies that have no background in management. Mm -hmm. Okay. No shame in the game. And so because of that, the tendency at the get-go and what I see most young CEOs doing is they they collect people to do tasks. And they... They might be good at training to do tasks because they have once done the task and then they can show someone else how to do the task. What they're less good at is articulating the brain power and like the vision casting that it takes to say this is the outcome we're looking for and how we're going to get there is up to you and I'm mm-hmm. empowering you to drive the car mm-hmm. y'all need to work mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes so much time and so much intention and I know we're just at the beginning phases of what this looks like but even in a the shortest time period you yeah. can imagine like Mm -hmm. Two weeks of making some structural changes to changing the language in which we talk to our department heads, changing the language we talk to leadership and really making sure they're clear that we are way less focused on checking task boxes Mm -hmm. because some tasks will, when you make this shift, like some tasks will straight up get missed or like forgotten about or like whatever. But that doesn't mean people... Are not performing right. because your performance is not based on checking boxes anymore. Your performance is based on moving towards an outcome. And even if you don't hit it, the like making the effort is the yep. important part.
1: Yep. And getting the data and understanding what helped you reach there or not reach there is actually more critical. Because if right. you reach it and you still don't know what it took, then that's not sustainable. It's not replicatable.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. If you don't, keep any records. How many times did how many times early on in our business did we just start a launch from
1: scratch. Run (laughs) rampant.
0: Run rampant. Start a launch from scratch. Not know what previous emails we sent, what previous social posts we put out into the world. Like it's just goofy. Like and you all are trying to reinvent the wheel all the time. And you're gonna hear more of us you're gonna hear us say this more and more, but I think so often Y'all and y'all's effort to try to create a work environment that is like safe and flexible and like takes into account that you're human, you're avoiding the structure and the opportunities that bigger businesses have already spent so much Mm -hmm. time and hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions Mm -hmm. of dollars, to figure out. And you're assuming that that's what's making them toxic, but I I wrote about this
1: in a blog post this morning, actually, where I talked about this specifically where people, I get it. We've been collectively, the collective we has been working for decades and decades and decades and generations in corporations and workplaces that are super toxic and not structured well and not managed well, that we're taking all the lessons that we didn't like and that we've heard from people that they didn't like. And we're just going on the exact opposite extreme of the spectrum. And so what we're not realizing is that by wanting to be better and trying to be good and be flexible that we've gotten so loose and being loose has never helped anyone either. Not having boundaries or expectations or being clear doesn't help anyone either. And so I want us to get back a little bit to that middle ground in a healthy way of using the best of what you don't like, the best of what's also too loose and, and not structured. And well, it's it's not the best of what you don't like. It's the there are you may
0: not like a work environment you've previously been in, but I want you to be careful about what you're mm-hmm. assuming mm-hmm. is causing the mm-hmm. toxicity or what what you're assuming is causing the problems like at the end of the day. <laughs> Project management is right, neutral. Right. Like, like setting running standards. departments, <laughs> setting standards is neutral. Like it's not good or bad. You can have policies that straight up do not take into account people mm-hmm. as human, a hundred percent. But policies themselves are not, bad. Are not mm-hmm. bad. And similarly, so is so is all the thing. Obviously, I'm gonna lean towards all the things that are structuring it. That's just like literally how my brain works. But I think I think you'd be surprised. That if you allow yourself to unlearn a bit, that there are things you can take from other cultures, other work environments that are Mm -hmm. neutral and you can put a positive spin on them and really adopt them in a way that helps move your company forward because now you have something to track Mm -hmm. against and you can get so... Everyone everyone has their own threshold. Some people can avoid all of this stuff and hit six figures. Some of you can avoid all this stuff and hit a million dollars and everywhere in between. But you're going to hit a threshold where if you don't start addressing some of these other things that are happening, you're going to get stuck. Like your growth potential is going to tap out and you're going to start either just going to flatline and stay the same, or you might see a slow regression backwards. But Paying attention mm-hmm. to this stuff is yeah. the kind of thing that's going on. This to build is also momentum. why
1: burning it to the ground and starting over is never the right answer, because then you're gonna get right I back know. to the point where you're at right now and go back to the beginning again instead of actually doing the work that it that you need to do to actually get to the next level. Just cause you don't
0: know what the next level mm-hmm. takes, like just because you don't know how to get there doesn't mean you should burn it to the ground and start over. But that's the story mm-hmm. for another day. All of that to like come back to putting a cap on this conversation and like to us knowing that we had time to think and express interest and brainstorm without boundaries, but also adding in the time to like make the follow through yeah. inevitable. That's really what it's about to me. Because I think in the past where we've fallen short is we've made the time to think and brainstorm. But we didn't always add in the things that were going to catch us when things got Mm -hmm. busy, like, because you're going to get busy again. And so how can you make sure that you've implemented enough that you going backwards is not that it's not a choice, like you can always, always go backwards, but you've added enough momentum that you're naturally going to fulfill on what you've started. Yeah.
1: Because then honestly, for me, and this is the best part of it, is you'll wake up at the end of that quarter, halfway through the year, at the end of the year, and you'll realize that a bunch of your big audacious goals came true and it didn't feel like you worked that hard for it. Like there are hard seasons and there are busier seasons, whatever. But when it's yeah. when it's like incremental steps towards the big thing, it doesn't feel like you're eating the whole pie at the same time, right? And that sort of surprise at the end of a time frame for me is... The most fun, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can build those. Yeah. In, so,
0: yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from the? World? Oh my gosh.
1: Well, besides some of our messaging clarity that we got, that I definitely want to talk about in another episode. But truly, because, and I kind of said this at the beginning. It wasn't a specific thing because I know us being in the room together and given time to vision out that something's always going to come of it. It could be one thing. It could be five things. It could be 10. It doesn't really matter. There's always going to be some sort of magic nugget that comes out of that. But for me, it was like, holy moly, like... There is a difference in the conversations that are had in leadership meetings and department meetings and all team meetings, and then the magic of what can happen here with you and I in the room. And I've always wanted to hold that safe and dear, but I think it just reminded me again the very, very strong importance of prioritizing that.
0: Yeah, I think for me, similarly, it was our time together that's just us moving The business forward as Mm -hmm. owners. You know, it is likely going to happen less often, but I was reminded that it's important that it needs to happen periodically for the sake of the business because while we do vision sort of activities all the time this sort of thing is the high level stuff that is necessary mm-hmm. to drive the rest of the business forward because at the end of the day you can charge people with outcomes all day long you can charge people with things you want to hold them to all day long but if you aren't ahead of them too then like then they're not going to know where to go and you are the whole point is you're trying to right. be a leader to, to le- and lead so, <laughs> Right. And so I think Emily and I have learned to lead our Mm -hmm. audience for a long time. But learning to lead our company is a different, it takes a different part of us. And I'm excited because I know there's really unique opportunities for us to lead leadership, Mm -hmm. be the executives of this company, and then like lead the entire company Mm -hmm. forward. And structure is helpful. And The art is necessary and incredibly empowering to all of it. And I'm just excited and I can't wait to do it again. We already put the next one
1: on the calendar, so it would definitely Mm -hmm. happen. I encourage you to do that. We're doing ours once a quarter. You can do yours whenever you want, but that's the cadence that feels good for us right now. Yeah.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership